0: And you can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. And I want to welcome our two latest Patreon supporters, Robert and Stephen, both pledged at the uh, detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. And you can also uh, become one of our one-time supporters at support.greatdetectives.net using the Zell app to box 13 at greatdetectives.net or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, 15913 Boise, Idaho, 83715. Well, now we're going to get into today's episode of The Man Called X. The original air date is October the 2nd, 1947, so we had uh, about, th- uh, yeah, three lost episodes uh, between uh, last week's show and this week's, so let's go ahead and take a listen to No One Wins on Zero.
1: You're twice as sure with two great names, Frigidaire and General Motors. Air presents Herbert Marshall as the man called X. Wherever there is mystery, intrigue, romance, in all the strange and dangerous places of the world, there you will find the man called X. <laughs> Now Frigidaire presents Herbert Marshall as Ken Thurston, the man called X. I'm
2: very sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Thurston. Would you care to give me your order now?
3: Oh, later. Right now, you can bring me a dry martini with an onion.
2: Very good, Mr. Thurston. I shall be right. Oh,
4: I beg your pardon. Think nothing of it, my good woman?
3: Pagon, no.
4: Oh, oh, hello, Mr. Thurston. I, I thought you were in South Africa.
3: I was. I just got back. Well, you must have dug up a new tailor. Uh, the suit? Oh, well, it's uh, really... Feel the material. Oh. how to do, do it? Bank robbery?
4: Mr. X, I'm going to become a millionaire.
3: Congratulations. How?
4: Very simple. Roulette. Huh? <laughs> sure, a friend of mine from Europe, he says that all you have to do is to... Mr. X, that man coming over here... What about him? He's after me.
3: Didn't you pay for the suit? But this
4: is no time for jokes. You've got to do something.
3: Well, he looks pretty mad. All oh, right, Pegon, grab yourself a taxi out there. I'll slow him down. Mr.
4: Thurston, if get out of this. I swear by the father of my father.
3: Just a minute there. Uh, pardon me, please. I'm in a hurry. Evidently. Since you didn't take the time to pay your check. I intend to pay it when I come back. Now, if you don't mind. Maybe we'd better call the manager. I think he'll be interested in your intentions. I do not wish to. Ah, too late. He's driving away. Hmm? You trying to catch somebody? Unquestionably, your interference was intentional. I saw Zellschmidt talking with you a moment ago. So? Fortunately, I think I know where he can be found. Good. But you, monsieur, you may discover that you have made a very bad enemy. Very bad indeed. Good day.
5: years back when he showed up in Washington. I don't know whether you uh, remember him or not, Ken. Dr. Wagonel,
3: sure, chief, the French scientist.
5: That's right. Specialist in nuclear physics. Mm. He'd got out of France just one jump ahead of the Nazis.
3: Mm. Claimed he'd solved the nuclear reaction of hydrogen and helium, unlimited power, without the need for uranium. Yeah, I remember him. That was early in 41, when John
5: Public thought nuclear energy was fiction. What happened to him? Why, uh, he died, Ken. Oh? Yeah, two weeks ago in French Guiana. Newspaper clipping came in yesterday. What about his uh, process? Did he leave any papers or notes? According to this item, they were holding the stuff, pending a claim by next of kin.
3: That's a pretty important secret to be kicking around for just anybody to get hold of. Well,
5: that's how it looked to me, Ken. So I cabled the authorities in French Guiana yesterday. Got an answer this morning. Said Dr. Wagner's papers had already been picked up. And by an operator from this bureau. What? Yes, Ken. And hang on to your hat. According to the cablegram, the name of the operator was Zellschmidt. Pager, good Lord. Yes, he's in plenty deep this time. All right, Chief, I'm on my way. I'll be in touch with you. Better phone me as soon as you get to French Guiana. French
3: Guiana? Chief, I'm going to Monte Carlo.
5: Ken, what in Sam Hill are you talking about? So long, Chief.
6: betting is closed. Sorry, monsieur. No more bets. Perhaps the next time. And the winning number is 23, red and dark. Unfortunately, not the cover. You
7: don't seem to be interested in roulette, monsieur.
3: Huh? Oh, I'm just a kibitzer myself.
7: I probably shouldn't start a conversation with a complete stranger, but uh, well, here in Monte Carlo, we tend to become very informal.
3: A <laughs> good system. I like it. You don't live here?
7: Oh, no, not here. Down the coast at Nice. Oh. My name is Jeanette Quayley, monsieur.
3: My name is Ken Thurston. How are you, Miss Quinn?
6: Uh, please, your bet, ladies and gentlemen. Quickly, please. Bet for you.
7: I, uh, I've noticed you watching um, the little man with the beard at the next table. Oh? Is he a friend of yours by any chance?
3: No. Strange-looking fellow. You don't happen to know him?
7: No, monsieur Thurston. Oh, pardon me, ma'am. On number 13, croupier. We met, Monsieur.
3: Your lucky number, Miss Quayle?
7: Why not? What might be unlucky for one could easily be very fortunate for another. Just a hunch.
6: The betting is closed. No more betting.
3: Yeah, I had a, I had a hunch myself a little while ago.
7: Oh? Did you play? It? Oh, no,
3: no. Not that kind. I had a hunch you were going to speak to me. But why? Well, I noticed you yesterday sitting three tables away in a New York restaurant. And the winning number is seven. Let and red, not covered.
7: Too bad, Miss Qualey. Oh, well, you can't win all the time. You're uh, a very observant man, Monsieur Thurston. Perhaps we should have a long talk sometime.
2: Au revoir. Yeah.
3: Au revoir, Jeanette. Well, now's as good a time as any for a showdown. I beg your pardon.
4: Huh? I don't know you, monsieur.
3: It's that beard of yours. I've been wanting to pull on it for the last 20 minutes.
4: I, I, I don't understand, monsieur. You
3: crooked, double-crossing little rat. Huh? All right, Pagon, now. Come on out of that brush. Listen, Mr. Thurston, you've got to save me. Save you? I'm going to make sure you get 90 years. What did you to do with those papers you stole?
4: I'm very glad you asked that, Mr. X. Uh, I, I think...
3: Risking the peace of the whole world. Impersonating a bureau operator. But who else would I know how to talk like? Pagan, you pull some shady deals, but this is the worst one yet. Now you're in trouble.
4: But it was only a bet. A bet. Sure, this Baron Ruten bet me $5,000 I couldn't fool those people in French Guiana. <laughs> what sucker. It, it was a cinch.
3: Yeah, it'll be a cinch for the state's attorney. The jury won't be out five minutes.
4: <laughs> if you don't help me, I won't even live so long. They're going to bump me off. Good. Maybe even worse. Better yet. Mr. X, how can you say... Pagong, sing?
3: where are those papers of Dr. Wagner's?
4: That's the whole trouble. I haven't got them. What? I held them out on Baron Ruten. Just trying to make an honest dollar, you understand. Honest dollar. Is there any other car?
3: Never mind that. Where are they now?
4: I airmailed them to myself here in care of general delivery. They should
3: come in in the morning. Well, for once that simple bird brain of yours
5: made some accidental sense. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Oh, shut up. If uh, you will pardon, uh, Monsieur Thurston, huh? I have a message for you. Yeah. You're invited to join the Countess Corinne at her table across on the mezzanine. Huh?
3: Who's the Countess Karen?
5: Monsieur, everyone knows the Countess.
3: That's so? All right. Tell the Countess I'll be over in a few minutes.
5: Oui, monsieur. Merci.
3: Pagon, you probably heard of being boiled in oil.
5: Well, yes, but I
3: don't... Now, you go to your hotel room and wait for me. And if you step outside once, I'll show you at least five tricks that are a whole lot worse than boiling in oil. <laughs>
4: Moment, monsieur. Your name is Thurston.
3: That's all
4: right. Inspector Mamkist, mm-hmm. Monaco Department of Police. I'd like to see your identification, please.
3: What for? The customers' boys took care of all that?
4: As a matter of routine, yes, this is special. There has been a complaint.
3: Oh, by whom? The complaint was made by me, monsieur Thurston. Oh, yeah. I take it you're the Baron Rutan.
5: That is correct. Any man who can be a very bad enemy.
3: Yeah, you told me that in New York. Well, what's the complaint, inspector?
5: Your passport first,
4: please. Thank you. Uh, Baron Routon believes you to be a jewel thief who was wanted by the Paris police a few years ago.
3: Well, ordinarily, I'd be willing to accept the Baron as an underworld authority, but uh, right now I've got a date upstairs with the Countess Corinne.
4: Countess Corinne? You are a friend of hers?
3: I'm joining her at her invitation.
4: Uh, These papers seem to be quite in order. I'm afraid you made a mistake, Baron Goton. Well,
3: I, I did not realize My
4: apologies, Mr. Thurston. If my department can be of service at any time, you have only to call on me.
3: Thanks, Inspector. I remember that. I may want to make a complaint myself sometime. You never know.
2: Mr. all, Monsieur Thurston. Jeanette is a guest at my villa down at Nice. She told me she'd met you and I invited you to join me mm. up here. Quite simple.
3: I see. Well, I'd have been here a little sooner if I hadn't been stopped at the bottom of the stairs by a gentleman named Mamkist.
2: Mamkist? Oh, yes. The police inspector. Something is wrong?
3: Oh, no, no. Just a case of mistaken identity. The countess, do you happen to know Baron Routon?
2: Routon? No, I've never heard of him. Mm.
3: I was told you knew everybody in Monte Carlo. Oh, hardly, Monsieur Thurston. People come and
2: go in Monaco, they make a fortune or lose one. And either way, you never see them again.
3: Well, the world is pretty much the same way. On a bigger scale.
2: I suppose so. When you think about it, life itself is a kind of tremendous roulette wheel. People bouncing around the rim and not having a great deal to say about the matter.
3: That's quite an idea. And it doesn't offer much incentive for living, does it?
2: Why not? Everyone has the same chance.
3: Well, maybe, except once in a while, somebody discovers a new way to fix the wheel. So nobody has a chance.
2: Fix the wheel?
3: Countess Karen. One sure method to make zero come up on the next spin it would be a new kind of nuclear weapon. <laughs> Pagon! Well. well.
7: Won't you come in, Monsieur Thurston?
3: Thanks, Janet. Of course, I could have the wrong room. You don't look much like Pagon Zelschmidt.
7: I hope not. Then you did know the little man with the beard.
3: Found to be both did. Oh. Looks like you've been pretty busy.
7: Bad guessing. The room was torn up this way when I got here.
3: Oh? Where's, uh. Where's Pagon? Under the bed?
7: No, I already looked. He seems to have stepped out, Ken. I, uh, I suppose you're here after the same thing I am.
3: It's a little hard to say. Well, uh, what are you after?
7: Oh, all right. be difficult. Anyway, someone has already beaten us to it.
3: Could be. At least Pagan didn't walk out of here by choice, so... Where do we go from here?
7: Oh? Maybe a lot of places, if I knew you better. But I don't yet, so... You're
3: not leaving already.
7: I thought I might. You wouldn't detain a lady, Ken.
3: Ah, uh, it depends. I'd detain anybody to stop the wagon of formula from being turned loose on the world.
7: I think you would. Well, I don't have it. You can take my word for that. Unless, of course, you'd care to search me. No. You're really quite trusting. Very likely we'll see each other again. So I hope you won't mind if I say goodnight now,
0: Mr. X.
1: Now to continue with Frigidaire's Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. I must still
4: regard this as highly irregular, Mr. Thurston, even though the postmaster did authorize it.
1: Relax, there's nothing to
3: worry about. Here, hand me that uh, jar of paste. I must say that in 20 years' service with this post office, I have never done anything so unorthodox before. Then it's about time you want to get out of your rut once in a while. Now we'll um, seal it up again. So, And it looks as good as it ever did. You are.
4: Tampering with the Monaco mail.
3: A very serious thing. Very serious. Wait a minute. Here he comes now. I'll stand here with the door out of sight. You're on your own.
4: Uh, good good morning. You you don't have to have some mail for Mr. Pagan Zellschmidt, do you? That's me, you understand? Well, of course, we don't ordinarily open for another five minutes yet, but... Oh, yes. Uh, here's the letter. Z-E-Zellschmidt. It's airmail from New York. That's it. I mean, that, that That's me. You, you you couldn't just keep it a couple of days, could you? Oh, good heavens, no. Be very irregular. Here you are. Do you think maybe there is a policeman around here somewhere? Oh, my, no. I haven't seen a gendarme all morning. Oh. Well, goodbye, old friend. Goodbye, Mr. Zelschmidt
3: Old friend. Hello, Pagan.
4: Mr. Thurston. Wait, look out!
3: Down, Pagan. Oh, oh.
4: It's Baron Rutten He's the one who brought me here.
3: Yes. Yes, it was, Alan Rutan. Mr. Thurston,
4: I swear by the father of my
3: father... So help me, Pagan, if you don't tell the truth. All of it. I'll mop up this hotel room with you.
4: Even after I saved your
3: life? you saved nothing. I knew you'd never walk into that post office alone. Where were you all night, anyway?
4: Lying unconscious in some filthy dungeon where that Baron Ruton put me after he dragged me out of this hotel.
3: Mm. See anybody besides Ruton?
4: Only some rats. They chewed on my beard.
3: Pagan, how's the uh, Jeanette figure in this?
4: I don't know. I-, I met her on a plane from New York... Ah, uh, she was so charming.
3: And you were so talkative. So that's how she found out about me.
4: Mr. X, I, I swear I didn't... All right,
3: he... Pagan. Let's get this straight. Rutan looked you up in New York and made you a $5,000 bet. You went to French Guiana, picked up Wagner's papers, came back to New York, and gave them to Rutan. But you held out one envelope marked secret. I only wanted to do my duty, Mr. x Yeah, you only wanted to soak him for more money later. Okay. So, Rutten found out what you'd done and turned on the heat. You mailed the envelope here to Monaco and grabbed a plane over. How did Rutten know you'd come here?
4: I guess because he was the one who told me about the roulette system.
3: What was this system, anyway?
4: Oh, it's very simple, Mr. Thurston. You go to table number seven in the casino and wait until 23 comes up on the wheel. Then you play 13 three times and zero once. Baron? Oh, sure. Baron Rutten said I could make a million, may- maybe two million... Why don't we go down and try it, Mr. X?
3: That's exactly what I'm going to do. Good, I'll get my coat. What for? You're not going anywhere. But, but, but... Don't leave the room, Pagan. See you later.
6: Pleasure, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Retter, bonjour. One hundred francs on number 13 again, groupier. Monsieur has a fondness for number 13. Well, call it a hunch.
6: One of a very lucky ones so far. Uh, one never knows, monsieur. Uh, this time, perhaps. And the winning number is 26, red, even.
3: Too bad, monsieur.
6: Oh, well, that's
3: the way with hunches.
6: Uh, perhaps monsieur would like to try number 13 again?
3: No, no, this time I think I'll play... Um, I'll play a Zero. Monsieur intends to play zero?
6: That's right. <laughs> but, Monsieur, no one wins on zero. I. Uh, very well, Monsieur. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this wheel is temporarily closed. Your bets will be taken by any of the other tables.
3: And now, Monsieur, you will come with me, please? Why not? This is one hunch that looks as though it may have a payoff. <laughs>
4: here I was sitting completely rejected, all all alone in this dirty little hotel room, and then you come in. Ah, Jeanette.
7: Please, Mr. Zellschmidt.
4: Why don't you call me Pagan, or better yet, Ducky? Ducky? Well, why not? There's nobody here but just us, baby. Mm
7: -hmm. You're so right, Ducky. Mm.
4: Uh, Why don't we sit over here? hmm?
7: Well, if you want to. Mm -hmm. Only wait till I get my purse. Purse? What for? I want to show you something in it. Oh. What's here on the dresser?
4: Huh? Oh, it's nothing. Just a letter I got at the post office this morning. Oh. What are you going to show me?
7: <laughs> I'm afraid you'll laugh at me. It's so silly. See? A, a
4: billiard ball.
7: But what's it for? Well, you see, it's rather heavy. So it sags in the bottom of the purse. Uh-huh. Then when I take hold of the top, uh-huh. like this, and swing it... Wait! You see how simple it is. Thanks a lot for the letter, Ducky.
3: We have arrived, Monsieur. It's about time we've been walking through half the town. Uh, one moment, please.
4: Oh, hello, Pierre. Mr. Thurston.
6: Inspector Marmquist. Uh, monsieur, played the correct list of
3: numbers.
4: Correctly? I don't know what you're talking about.
6: I think
3: I do. That'll be all, Pierre. Good night.
6: Hey, but, monsieur, I... Ah.
3: Why don't we sit down, Inspector?
2: There's uh, evidently some mistake here.
3: I don't think so. It's an old trick among espionage agents. Getting in touch with one another by playing a certain sequence of numbers at some designated roulette wheel. Now, look here. This you... one happened to be rigged up for Pagan Zelschmidt. The idea had been to eliminate him after he'd done that job in French Guiana. And you'd forgotten to let Pierre know the deal was off. Are you implying that a man in my position... Would... Just what is your position, Inspector? I checked with the Monaco police today. They've never heard of you. You...
7: You have Dr. Wagner's papers.
3: That's right. It. All I need now is the brain behind this thing. Somehow I don't think that you or Baron Rutan fits the bill. Well, any answer there? Drive
4: so fast, such a rough road. I don't see why you can't drive slow, Mr. Thurston. Hey,
3: Gombie, to maybe too late now.
4: Nobody's going to steal that villa down in Nice. And besides, every time we hit a
3: bump, my stomach
4: flies up and bruises my brain.
3: May knock some sense into it.
4: Unkindness. I never get any sympathy.
3: You don't have any coming after what you pulled off.
4: But, Mr. X, I didn't give her
3: the letter. She took it away from me with brute force and a billet ball. I'm talking about you stealing Wagner's papers. I didn't know what I was doing. I was strictly non-compus corpus. Tell the judge that. Oh,
4: And besides, I thought it was only a bet.
3: I didn't know what it was all about. No, I don't think he did. And that's the only thing that may save you.
4: <laughs> I knew you would fix it, won't you, Mr. Thurston, my very dear friend?
3: I don't know, Pagan. That depends on the way things turn out. When we get to Nice.
4: Mr. X, can't this car go any faster? <laughs>
2: Would you like some more coffee, Monsieur Thurston? Another sandwich, perhaps?
3: No, no thanks, Countess.
2: Monsieur Zerschmidt?
4: I uh, don't mind if I do. They're very small. Uh, thank you. Uh,
2: this visit is really a most unexpected pleasure, Monsieur Thurston. But I feel somehow that you have something to discuss which you have not mentioned.
3: As a matter of fact, I have, Countess Corinne. I thought we might talk about the Wagner formula for nuclear reaction. Or haven't you had time to open the letter yet?
2: What letter do you mean?
3: The one you took away from Jeannette when she came back here about an hour ago.
2: You are very clever, monsieur. How did you find out about me?
3: Now you might say Inspector Marmkist gave you away.
2: He would not dare talk. Oh, no, he
3: didn't. But when I mentioned his name to you in the casino last night, you verified that phony title of Inspector. Remember? I hope you have made the mistake of killing Jeannette.
2: I had not yet decided what to do with her. She's locked in the third room down the hall.
3: Go get her, Pagan.
4: Whatever you say, Mr. Thurston. But if you hear a noise like a billiard ball, you better come up and pick me up.
3: Baron Rutan, Inspector Mamkist and the Countess Corinne, you're quite a trio.
2: I should not have worked with such stupid assistants. That was my mistake. We could do much better, Ken.
3: Oh, sure, yes. We make a great team.
2: You don't seem to understand. The person who controls the Wagner formula controls the world. Don't you realize what that
3: means? I realize exactly what it means. That's why I'm here.
2: I see. Well, I suppose I may as well accept the fact that you won't change your mind.
3: And, of course, you're planning to break through that door.
2: From where you are sitting, you can't stop me without shooting. And I don't
7: think you will.
4: Mr. X, you're going to let her get away.
7: Stop her, Ken. She's got the formula.
2: You're both wrong.
7: But she keeps a plane out there. She knows how to fly it.
3: She'll need to know more than that with a half dozen men of the French surety sitting out there waiting for her. But... And as for the papers one man's already died for, I have them here. <laughs> you took them away from her. Pagon, I took them away from you. Huh? I've had that sealed envelope since this morning in the post office. There was nothing in the letter you picked up but a folded newspaper.
4: Well, it was a very dirty trick to let me get... Wait a minute. Jeanette. She's another one, Mr.
3: X. Grab her. Nice idea, Pegon. Only it's pretty rough treatment for the daughter of a prominent French scientist. You? Dr. Wagner?
7: How did you find out, Ken?
3: I didn't. I was guessing. But there's a strong family resemblance, and I couldn't see how you figured in this any other way.
7: Well, I've been a guest of the Countess for several months. That's how she found out about my father's formula.
3: Jeanette, you knew who I was. Why would you keep on fighting me? You had a legal claim to the papers?
7: Yes, but I didn't know whether you'd want to do the same thing with them that I do. Oh, and what's that? Destroy them. I know how my father felt during the last months of his life. I had letters from him. Can't burn that envelope, please. Don't even open it.
3: I'm afraid that's impossible, Jeanette. I've already opened it.
4: Oh, no. Mr. Thurston, that was
7: dishonest.
3: Pagon, don't tempt me.
7: Too late. Oh, it's horrible.
3: That depends. Inside of this envelope is something that's already caused the death of one man. And will probably send two others to prison. I'd like to have a look at it? Here.
7: Mr. X. That's nothing but ashes. That's
3: right. I think Dr. Wagner knew we'd understand what he was doing.
7: Then he destroyed it himself.
3: You have plenty of reason to be proud of your father, Jeanette. He was a great man. With death staring him in the face, he deliberately wiped his name off the list of the world's immortals because he felt it was best for his fellow human beings. No small man could do that. The secret will be found again someday by somebody else. But before that happens, oh, if only we'll have the sense to grow up. Stop gambling the future of the whole human race on a wheel where every number is zero.
1: Now, Frigidaire star, Herbert Marshall.
3: Thanks for being with us. Next week, our story is called All That Glitter's. And I think you'll enjoy it because it's packed full of excitement and mystery. As usual, Leon Velasco will be along as Pagan Zellschmidt. So join us, won't you, when next I return as The Man Called X. Good night.
1: Frigidaire's Man Called X is directed by Jack Johnstone. The music composed and conducted by Johnny Green. Tonight's story was written by Les Crutchfield. And so until next week, same time, same station... This is Wendell Niles speaking for Frigidaire made only by General Motors. All characters and incidents used are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual persons or incidents is purely coincidental. Remember, every Thursday, for the best in entertainment, tune in and stay tuned in to CBS, the biggest show in town. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Welcome back. A really interesting episode that definitely highlights the time that this was recorded, which was, you know, 1947, uh, where, you know, at the time that this aired, it had been a little uh, less than two years since the atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And there was a really big struggle to come to terms uh, with what the Atomic Age meant and concerns about just just the dangers that comes with it and the dangers to humanity. Uh, if we didn't learn to live together in peace, uh, we risk annihilating everything. I, I think that was the a big viewpoint and that that comes through in this episode. Now, obviously, as an agent of the government, Mr. X's job would be to bring back uh, whatever he found to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands. And I think he probably would have ended up uh doing that. And I did like there was a an acknowledgment that uh, what the inventor had done had just delayed his technology uh, being found. Somebody else was, is going to discover what he had uh, discovered, and the only question is: Are we going to be ready when that happens? Now, of course, that does mean that all of this uh, with was over. You know, technically nothing, but that's okay. You know, we, uh, you know, this great advance was never going to be a thing. You know, it was essentially uh, MacGuffin, and I think they, you know, disposed of it in a pretty dramatic way. All right, well, listener comments and feedback now, and we have a couple of comments over on Facebook. Bill uh, comments, uh, hi Adam, I can't decide who I enjoy more, uh, Mr X or Pagon. And Tony responds to Bill. Pagon is like a head of hair. He's good to have, despite being a pain in the neck. Well, I, I think it, this episode was kind of interesting for what it did with the Mister X Pagon thing, because in this case, you had you know uh Mister X hunting for Pagon, which is kind of an unusual arrangement. And you know, you do get towards the end of the episode, and it turns out that. Pagan uh, claims he was not told the full story uh, when he you know, uh, obtained this information and Mr. X believed him and, and I think that does say something about their relationship and how well they know each other because Mr. X knows that Pagon will do some underhanded things but I, I think that he uh, would believe that Pegon would not, you know, do something so reckless that endangered world peace on that level uh, that he believed that Pegon had been duped. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your comments. And uh, now I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Maggie, Patreon supporter since January 2018, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Maggie. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Mystery is My Hobby. Then uh, next Wednesday, uh, we will actually be bringing you the final two parts of the airmail mystery. And then I'll be taking my vacation. So the man called X will return in three weeks. In the meantime, if you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.